Good evening, Lafayette, or good afternoon, Lafayette. I guess I'm a little early for evening. It is 3 o'clock here on Tuesday, June 7th, here at News Talk 96.5 KPL. It is the Joe Cunningham Show. Joe Cunningham here. Glad to be with you today. And we are now two days away from the circus in Washington, D.C. I need to ask a question that I know some people will not be a fan of. They will not, that they will think that I'm not being, I'm not taking the issue seriously enough, but I need to ask the question. Do you care about January 6th? Do you care about January 6th more than the $75 you had to pay at minimum to fill up your car with gas? Do you care about January 6th more than you care about the cost of groceries? Do you care about January 6th more than a giant migrant caravan heading toward our southern border to once again cause an even greater crisis at our southern border? Do you care about January 6th more than the job uh, market? Do you care about January 6th more than the fact that your business may have unsold stock because nobody will come in and buy things because of prices. The restaurant you own or run, not having enough staff to fill all the shifts. Do you care about January 6th more than these issues that are pressing on every American's minds right now? The Democrats and the media, the pundit class, the people who are caught up in our coastal bubbles, our coastal political bubbles, they think that you should care about this more than all the other things. They think you should care about the environment more than these issues. They think you should care about the, the risk to democracy, the environment. They think you should care about these things more than the actual issues before every American Right now, every American sits at their dinner table wondering, do we have the money right now to do what it is we want to do and what we need to do? It's summer. There are several families out there that are right now thinking with gas prices the way they are, with groceries the way they are, I'm not sure we can afford that vacation we wanted to take. And there are some people who are not sure if they're going to make it to the end of the month with what they have because of inflation, energy prices, and everything like that. But the Democrats have hired the former president of ABC News to help them script and produce a hearing on Thursday night. A hearing where they will try to convince you that you hate democracy because you don't believe that January 6th was an, in an insurrection attempt that poses a direct threat to our democracy. In a hearing just a little while ago, Michigan, Michigan Democrats, Sen, uh, Senator Debbie Stabnow, bragged that she passed every single gas station in her brand new electric vehicle, and it didn't matter how high gas was. 
the average cost of an electric vehicle is more than $56,000. American families cannot afford that, even in the best of times. The average American family is simply not dropping $56,000 on an electric vehicle. They're maybe dropping that on a larger family vehicle, but they're not dropping that on a small electric vehicle. They're not doing it. The Biden administration is using the Defense Procurement Act right now to give taxpayer money to China to procure the materials for solar panels in America. The Defense Procurement Act is to be used in wartime and crises, like during the pandemic, like during the Korean War. It is not out there to help them fulfill their fetish of environmental justice. But they would rather give taxpayer money to China, who, by the way, is going to use Uyghur slave labor because all of the solar panel materials are produced in the Uyghur provinces of China. They're going to use that slave labor of an ethnic minority that is enslaved and abused and killed off by the Chinese government. The Biden administration is going to support that in order to make sure that we have solar panels. The Biden administration, the FDA, is currently launching a war against almond milk. The FDA is going ahead and launching its war on anything that's not actually dairy that calls itself milk. Because on the list of things we should be worried about as Americans right now, whether or not we're drinking almond milk and soy milk, or whether we're drinking essentially almond juice and soy juice, which actually, you know, makes you gag if you start to say almond juice too much. They're more focused on that than the regulations that allowed for a formula crisis in the first place, because they have so much red tape, it's impossible to import European baby formula into the country. So when one of our uh, formula production facility shuts down, the, the country goes into crisis. So while you were worried about gas prices and grocery prices, when you're worried about the economy, when you're worried about the southern border, all the things that are in front of American families right now, when you're worried about all of that, the Biden administration is telling you that you're stupid and the Democrats are telling you that you're not focused on the right things. And you need to be focused on all, all this other stuff, the environment, January 6th, all of that. And as a result, voters are going to look on as their primetime viewing is interrupted for these January 6th hearings and other things. And they're going to wonder what in God's name are the Democrats talking about? How does solving the riot at January, on January 6th, how is solving that going to fix the problems right before us? And you wonder why they're doomed in November. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, more on that and what's going on on the national stage here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. You know what else the Democrats and the media are really wanting you to focus on right now? They want you to focus on the fact that Roe versus Wade is in trouble. They really and truly think 
that if voters are focused on January 6th, environmentalism, um, abortion, they, they make you think that if you're focused on all these, the, the, the Democrats will help you overcome the problems. And you don't care about that. Most voters in America don't care about those things. But you know what voters probably do care about? They probably care about the fact that there are left-wing activists out there that are firebombing pro-life clinics. Have you heard about this? Did you hear that multiple pro-life pregnancy centers are being firebombed, attacked, uh, vandalized by left-wing groups? Unless you're really hyper-focused on pro-life news, you haven't heard this. If you go and search Compass Care Buffalo, Compass Care being the clinic and it being located in Buffalo, if you go search that on Google right now, you know what you'll find? One, maybe two stories about this firebombing. Well, three now. You've got Life, you've got life News, you've got National Review, you may have The Blaze, and I know you have Red State because I wrote about it there. Three pro-life pregnancy centers have been firebombed. Graffiti left on the building by the arsonist refers to an abortion terrorist group called Jane's Revenge. The, the, the graffiti says Jane was here. Jane being a, a reference to, to Jane Doe. The... the uh, the subject of um, Jane Roe, the, the subject of um, of the original Roe versus Wade abortion debate. The group took responsibility for a firebombing of a pro-life organization in Madison, Wisconsin in May, and it could have been responsible for the bombing of the offices in the Oregon Right to Life during the same month. It has also vandalized and destroyed multiple churches and pregnancy centers. Almost seven years ago, a man named Robert Louis Deere Jr. killed three people and injured nine at a Planned Parenthood clinic in Colorado Springs. If you were to type up Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood, you will find pages of news articles discussing that. If you were to go to Google and search for pro-life woman with fetuses in her home, you will find a story out of Buffalo, New York, about a woman who walked away from an abortion clinic with five aborted fetuses. And the news stories are written to make sure that she sounds crazy or nefarious, but actually when you dig into the story, what you discover is that she was certain that the, that the abortion clinic was doing something illegal and the fetuses would prove it. She ended up, because of her actions, being investigated by the police on it. You'll find page after page of those stories. But if you start look, if you start to look for stories in these firebombed pro-life clinics, you're not going to find much out there. The media is not going to cover it. The Democrats are not going to talk about it. The pro-life movement has its extremists. Robert Lewis Deere Jr. was an extremist. He called himself a warrior for the babies and he killed people over, which is not a very pro-life thing to do. We should be denouncing that kind of violence. We should be denouncing the person who 13 years ago 
assassinated a prominent pro-abortion doctor. But do you remember the story of Kermit Gosnell, the abortion doctor who was, uh, who was doing the back alley abortions? Late, late term abortions. Botched them so badly that, peop- that women died. He was a genuine monster. You know what the national media said when they were asked by pro-life groups why they weren't covering something so hideous? They said it was a local crime story. They wouldn't touch it. When the pro-life side has its extremists, the news media goes all out to show a bunch of unhinged evangelical uh, anti-abortion rights Christians. But when it comes time to point out the extremists on the left who are firebombing pro-life pregnancy centers, places for women and children to go when they have an unwanted pregnancy but don't want to abort the child. And it denies those women and children services when those clinics are firebombed. We don't touch it. The media doesn't touch it. The media is silent. The Democrats are silent. Jane's Revenge is an extremist group that believes that that if the so-called right to an abortion, which doesn't exist, it was made up in the Roe versus Wade decision. If the so-called right to an abortion isn't safe, then pro-life clinics shouldn't be safe either. It takes a severe detachment from reality to think that babies don't deserve a right to life and that women who are against abortions should have access to places that help them through unwanted pregnancies but still fit their beliefs. But we're living in a world, and this is left and right, but we are living in a world where the extreme is starting to become mainstream. The media will not cover the attacks on these places because these extremes are becoming more and more mainstream among the left, which is where most of the media lies. It's coming from a group that isn't nearly as fringe these days as you might be led to believe, if anyone on the left even talks about these groups at all. That's the problem, though. They aren't willing to talk about the extremists on their side. They are not willing to talk about the people who are firebombing pro-life clinics. They aren't, they aren't willing to go out and discuss the extreme views on their side. It's not just on abortion. It's on a lot of things. They won't touch it. They won't talk about it. They'll dismiss it. We should always call out our side. The Robert Louis Deere Jr., all the others, all the other violent acts that are committed in the name of, of Republicanism or conservatism. But the Democrats and the media drop it as quick as they can whenever it's proven to be somebody on their side. How long was the attempted assassination of Steve Scalise and other Republicans in the major headlines? It was off the front page after a day. What about the Family Research Center? The attempted assassination there. Off the front page in a day. These stories, these extreme acts by the left, never stay in the headlines because the media is so worried about their side being portrayed negatively. When the media shouldn't have a side and they should be there holding the truth to power. But God help us 
if Fox News says they're not going to cover in their primetime lineup the January 6th committee hearings on Thursday night. Because a bunch of people broke into the Capitol building and said some crazy things and did some crazy things. We have to call it an insurrection that must be gotten to the bottom of by this committee. But we're going to ignore actual domestic terror against pro-life abortion groups. Let's go ahead and take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, a court has thrown out the congressional districts in Louisiana. We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you want to join in the conversation, check me out on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email me Joe at RedState.com or you can call in 232-1542. So it happened. A court has over has uh, has struck down the uh, congressional districts as as designed by the legislature this year. Now, again, we went through the whole redistricting process and uh, the big source of contention was uh, whether or not we would get a second minority majority minority majority district or majority minority district. One of us two. Anyway, the point is essentially proponents, particularly Democrats, were looking for a second majority black district in Louisiana. And there's a couple of there's a, there's a couple of issues there. But we've kind of discussed those ad nauseum. And the legislature came together and overturned John Bell Edwards' veto of those maps. And Edwards says he's going to call the legislature back into session for a special session to come up with new maps. The judge, an Obama appointee in New Orleans, you should know. The judge gave the legislature until June 20th to come up with new maps. Hence the reason they're calling for a special session right now. Here's what you need to know. There is not a soul on either side of the political aisle who thought that it would stand up initially to the court challenge. There isn't a soul who knew that. Do you know why? Because politically, the groups that are invested in this shop around for a friendly judge. And they knew that if they found an Obama appointee in Louisiana, which would be in New Orleans, and take the lawsuit to a federal judge appointed by Obama, so obviously a progressive judge in New Orleans, the congressional maps would get struck down. Every single person on the left and the right and the center knew it would get struck down. What everybody is saying, though, and I know Moon talked about it. Moon's heard it. I've heard it. Scott McCate, the Hayrides, heard it. Political leaders across the state have heard it. Journalists have heard it. Everybody knows that when it gets to the Fifth Circuit, it's going to be upheld. That judge's ruling will be overturned. The legal 
basis for having the districts stay the way they were designed is by the interpretation of the Voting Rights Act that says you cannot create districts based on race. By mandating a majority-minority district, you are doing just that. You cannot create a district solely to benefit one race or class over another. And that's what the Democrats are trying to force. Now, you can say, well, two-thirds of the voting electorate in Louisiana is black, and therefore they should get two of the six congressional districts in the state. And it is fine for you to believe that. But in order to draw specific districts solely for the benefit of one race or class over another goes against what the Voting Rights Act was meant to do in the first place. And the Fifth Circuit is going to go with that argument. So, yeah, the legislature may come back into session and may vote on and debate new maps. But you know what else is going to happen? The Fifth Circuit is going to overturn that judge's ruling. So what happens then? Well, the Democrats can fight it. And the ACLU and the NAACP, and they can fight and they can take it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court's going to side with the Fifth Circuit. And then it's game over. But, once again, Democrats in the state of Louisiana desperately need, just like Democrats around the country, desperately need their base invigorated and in going out to vote. And this is one of the ways that you motivate your base. You tell them they are denying representation to minorities in the state of Louisiana. You need to get out and vote and find the and and and, and get good people who believe in your right to vote and be represented. You need to get those people elected, not the Republicans as usual. What's unfortunate for Democrats is that it's not an election year in the state. That's next year. And this issue will be dead and gone by then. But the Democrats don't really have a snowball's chance in getting a second majority minority district. And it's not out of racism. And it's not out of Republicans wanting to deny blacks the right to vote or to be represented. It's because the Voting Rights Act was written to make sure that you don't take race and class into consideration when you're drawing these maps. You are trying to proportion out the state to where everyone is represented. And if black voters start showing up in mass to vote, they can swing some of those elections. They don't need a second majority minority district to do so. To create a district specifically to allow them to get that second Democratic seat in the state of Louisiana goes against what the Voting Rights Act was meant to be for in the first place. And there are people who don't like to hear that. They say, no, it was supposed to stop you from drawing districts that benefit white people. That's not 
the case. You cannot make political districts that benefit one race or class over another. That's the point. And the Democrats are going to lose that fight. They can lose it at the Fifth Circuit, and if they try again and take it all the way to the Supreme Court, they will lose there as well. And what really sucks for the Democrats is that the Biden administration put them in this position. Because the best case scenario at the Supreme Court for the Democrats is that they say, well, it's too close to the election at this point to do it. Which is what some justices, like Kavanaugh, will say. They'll say, you know what, I'm willing to hear you out on this, but we're so close to the elections, we just got to hold on to it for right now. And you know why it's so late? Because the Biden administration didn't give the states their census numbers until very late in the process. The Biden administration screwed over their party in all this. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, a new foreign language for students in Louisiana. I have some thoughts on that, and I'll talk about that when we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. So an interesting bill that comes through the last second in the Louisiana legislature, Senate Bill 191, sponsored by Sharon Hewitt of Slidell, amends the requirements for eligibility for TOPS to allow them to count two credits of computer coding in high school instead of two credits of a foreign language. Now, this bill actually got opposition from some local... Uh, representatives. It, it pa- I think it went through the Senate. Yeah, it went through the Senate on a 34 to 0 vote, but it n- a little closer vote in the House, 54-41, and a lot of the opposition came from local representatives. Let me um, let me give thoughts as an educator here, particularly as somebody who has taught uh, not like advanced computer coding, but like basic block coding and stuff like that to middle schoolers. The, the local argument against it is the cultural argument, the preservation of the French language uh, as part of the Cajun heritage and all that. I'm an outsider to, uh, to Acadiana, so I understand that argument. However, however, we in, the, we're in Louisiana in particular, but in the, in the country, we focus on teaching foreign languages that really don't provide a whole lot of professional benefit or adult benefit to our students. We teach a lot of Spanish, but in the end, oftentimes what happens is we don't do it consistently enough in school that kids really pick up on it. They, they, can, they can order at a Mexican restaurant by the end of their senior year and have a conversation with the waitress, and that's about it. We teach French, obviously. We have, a French, we have French immersion programs locally. We have some other immersion programs locally. 
But really, if you're not learning to the point of mastery, Spanish or Chinese in particular, are you really getting the benefit of being taught a foreign language in school? Computer coding, meanwhile, is a professional skill, and yes, it is a foreign language. You are learning to communicate with a computer. And some people may think that doesn't count, but it is a professional, marketable skill. It is a language that you have to learn. And there are students who will find that way more helpful. The other thing to consider in this, along those lines, let's say that your child gets a workforce certification in one of the computer languages, be it Java, JavaScript, Perl, whatever. What ends up happening there? If you get a workforce certification in school, you've shown that mastery, and you didn't get the two foreign languages, not, but you can still get TOPS, not only do you get a college scholarship from TOPS, but you also have the ability to work right out of high school making $40,000 a year as an 18-year-old because we don't produce enough computer programmers to fit the job market needs oftentimes. A lot of that work does end up having to be outsourced. Take our financial sector. Um, Citigroup, the banking group uh, nationwide, big, big national group. They are hiring a ton of computer programmers with a ton of benefits given to them to overhaul their financial system. The financial computer coding language is ancient, and nobody has really innovated any of that code in any of the banks across the country for a long, long time. So the systems are ancient. You bring new people in, you give it a facelift, you do a whole lot to improve that, you've just upgraded the financial sector. It is a foreign language and a marketable skill. And we in Louisiana in particular need to be graduating more and more kids with more and more marketable skills. And we need to keep them here. By creating this opportunity and have them meet the needs of employers in Louisiana, they all of a sudden don't have to leave. They can get a decent job here. They don't have to go away. We have an out-migration problem. We can fix it. This is one of those little tweaks you can make to do that. Here's the other thing. In Louisiana, you don't have that many kids who are interested in learning computer programming. Really, throughout the United States, you can say that. It's a very small subset of kids. So really, kids who are going to be stuck and they just kind of pick Spanish or whatever, they're not going to change to computer coding. They're just going to be in whatever and just get through it. They really don't. They're not going to go out of their way to make that adjustment to computer programming to make that their foreign language. Unless they're really passionate about computer coding, in which case you want to make that an option for them. It's not really going to affect how many kids are learning 
French. Which, again, I'm sensitive to the cultural preservation aspect of it. But as a teacher, knowing that the job of education is to prepare our kids as best we can for their working adult life. This should be a no-brainer. This is something that we need to do to continue to push good professional workforce skills without putting more useless stuff in front of kids on their shoulders. There are kids who will never need to speak Spanish or French in their adult life. They just won't. But there are a lot of kids who can take advantage of this marketable skill. There are a lot of kids who can take advantage of this opportunity and turn it to a force for good. Now, the bill would, again, allow computer coding to be a substitute for foreign languages, foreign language. This would, this would be extraordinarily beneficial to students, and we should, we should go for it. Little bit of a programming note. Listen to Acadiana's Morning News tomorrow. I'll be on there for Winging It Wednesday with Bernie and the gang. Also joining us, I believe, producer Mark will be on Winging It Wednesday with us as well. So you will get to hear his voice alongside mine and Bernie and Ian. We will have a lot of fun going into tomorrow on Acadiana's Morning News. In the meantime, check us out again tomorrow in 23 hours when we come back and do it all again. If you want to reach out, you can on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show or catch me on Facebook the Joe uh, I'm sorry yeah facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show or uh, check me out on email Joe at redstate.com if you've missed any portion of the show or want to go back and listen to some monologues in the past check out the podcast version of the show on Apple Spotify wherever you get your podcast that'll do it for today talk to you guys again tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham show news talk 96.5 KPL <laughs>